versus like now where it's like this is my outlet this is like me this is where I find myself decompressing and just letting everything go Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here at the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. I am your host, Greg, and as always on this podcast, we are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people moving through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I am grateful you have chosen to spend part of your time today with me, listening to cool things and cool people. And uh, without any further ado, let's get to this week's episode. Hey, all right, friends, we are back for another episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness, and we're actually indoors right now because it's uh, hypothermic outside, but that's okay because uh, the sun is finally out, so we are getting getting warmed up. And I want to talk today a bit about the desert. Um, if you know me and have met me, or if you've been listening for a while, you probably figured out that the desert is my place, and I'm drawn there, and... It may seem a little illogical having grown up on the wet coast, but uh, it's been my thing since the first time I remember going to it as a, oh my gosh, probably not even 10 years old. And I was thinking a lot lately about what the draw of the desert is. What What is it for me that brings me out there? Because I've met a ton of amazing people that are desert people. And if you listen to episode 111 with Megan, uh, we talked a bit about that off the air of being a desert girl, being a desert boy, it's, it's like becomes a part of you. And I've had a lot of time to ponder things. Uh, even when I did uh, Dead Man Peaks um, out in the desert, I had a lot of time to myself to think about things, hobbling my ass back to the start finish. So I just wanted to share a little bit why it calls me because if, if you're a desert person, it might resonate. Uh, if you're not, it might give you a little bit of insight into why some people are. And I think there's also a lot of lessons and great stuff that comes out of the desert or what we can see when we're using nature as our muse. Nature can be a therapist, life guide, a coach, uh, whatever you want to call it. I think nature really does offer that support for us. So one of the main things that draws me to these beautiful places in North America or the Australian outback, um, the never, never, the Northern territory is the open spaces. There is space to see. I can see what's going on around me. I feel open and expansive when I'm out there, whether that's, you know, being at Javelina, going out to dead man, exploring some of the places in Arizona, some of the places in Utah, um, Nevada, BC, Washington, there's a lot of very dry, arid locations, and those are what draw me. And what I tend to notice is there's not as much vegetation. You know, I grew up uh, on the West Coast, and there's a lot of green. It's very beautiful. There's green year-round. There are deciduous trees. It's moist. It's wet. Um, That's great. Those are not things. (laughs) I am not a fan of being damp. I'm not a fan of being cold and wet. That also happens a lot. Cold and dry, I will take all day long. Minus 40 and sunny, I will have that over, mm, say, 3 Celsius, uh, 40 Fahrenheit, and drizzling off and on, as can frequently happen on the West Coast. Um, and these are me things. But 
with that, I am drawn to the open spaces because I can see all the stuff around me. You know, Vancouver is a beautiful area. Lots of BC and Washington, the Pacific Northwest are beautiful, but I find it very hard to see. Um, there's a lot, you know, the vegetation covers everything. So for me, the desert represents openness and expansiveness and rawness. It just seems like the people that I've met and the experiences I've had being in more arid locations tend to be more open. Whereas to generalize, you know, being in areas where it is more moist, where there is more vegetation, where there is more, where it's harder to see the trail if I'm out hiking or running, where there are multiple paths, it seems like there's more stuff that's hidden. It's a tree root that trips you up. It's something someone forgot to tell you uh hidden information so again this is just my perspective based on my experience but i feel like when i get to the desert it's open it's expansive and you know with some of the vegetation especially getting down into you know the sunnier spots you know arizona and stuff where i've been uh there's a lot of cactuses and a lot of uh sharp and pointy plants um a lot of life like water is precious water is life and a lot of them are so adapted to it that if you need water, you're going to have to fight. And if you're going through the trail, you're going to be bushwhacking through cactuses. You're going to be bushwhacking through Spanish dagger, I believe it was called. Um, you're going to be going through lots of things that uh, are spiky and spiny and <laughs> can leave giant holes in your body, as I found out. <clears throat> yeah. But that's also what draws me is that there are things that are out there. You can see it. I can see it. I can work with it. I can deal with it. If stuff's hidden and, you know, behind closed doors, behind things energetically, if it's all hidden back there, that makes it hard for me to see, you know, like figure out what's going on. I just like the expansiveness. I like to walk out the door here, look around, and I can see anything that's coming from a long way away. I don't get blindsided by stuff, particularly information. So... That is about, uh, about enough of that. Um, the next thing I like about deserts is they're harsh. They're raw. The conditions are challenging. You know, plants don't grow that tall. Um, you're very hardy. You have to be able to survive. And I see that and read about that a lot from people who are drawn to the desert and some amazing, amazing writers. Like there has to be something within you that draws you because you are in challenging environments. Deserts by definition, don't have very much water. Um, it may, it may come all at one time and then not again for the year. You know, the Atacama Desert in Peru, it rains, or the the west coast of South America, it rains how often? Yeah, like every couple of years. Um, so with those conditions, you know, you have to adapt to it. If I'm going out for a run, going out for a hike, I gotta plan out my water. I gotta have extra stuff. I gotta know where I might find things because you look at a map and it says a little blue dot and that might mean, or a blue, blue line for a river, uh, that might mean it's a dry wash except for three days out of the year. Or in a certain season, it's got water, but a lot of them don't. So that harshness, that rawness, that is that connection. And I like to sometimes think as I'm driving along up there or running along up there, what would this have been like for, you know, the European pioneers or the European settlers who came over here, the Europeans who came over to explore, you know, the land rush in Oklahoma, the settlement of the West movement all across North America. Um, what would that have been like to be on some of those wagon trains of Mormons going through Utah and, you know, digging 
digging and uh, chipping away rock to make steps down to the river to get water or try and cross the river. Um, you know, that that's a harsh environment. And there's a, a lot that someone <laughs> you have to want to try and do that. You know, you have to put effort in to live here. And I think more as well about the nomadic Native American tribes, First Nations in Canada that that traveled around, like these environments are challenging. What was that like to navigate through stretches where there might not be water for a day or two? Um, what did these places look like before we've got freaking coal mines and, you know, power plants and massive metropolises out there? These environments were challenging to move through. So I feel like it's a, a person... The people that are drawn out here and that love it and love being outside and exploring it, 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 it seems to me that there's more of that drive to go through the challenges because we're out there hiking it, running it, biking it every day. You know, you're dealing with those harsh things. It can be very easy as well for people who are out there just to hide inside and it's too hot, it's too cold, it's whatever. But the, the drive, I think, is reflected in the desert because it's a tough place to be. As well, there's a lot of stories of explorers and adventurers in the deserts, and there's some great people out there writing. Um, Edward Abbey, one of my favorite writers ever, if not favorite writer, he wrote a lot about the draw of it, being a guy who came from a lot of vegetation on the East Coast to you know, being out in the harsh deserts and being all around the Southwest of America, writing about it, writing about the clouds, the mountains, the the animals, the snakes, the reptiles, all the all the cool stuff. Um, another great writer right now, Morgan Shogren, at running underscore bum underscore on Instagram, sharing all kinds of stuff about what's hidden under Lake Powell. Uh, a lot of a lot of the issues that have come up in in the West with water, uh, political things. Like there's some great material coming out, as well as all these hidden things that are out there, you know, there's a lot of signs of civilization and a lot of people that lived here before modern civilization took over. Um, they did it without air conditioning, you know, made ways to stay cool, found ways to get warm in the winter, managed to survive. And I think that's really cool because that resourcefulness, it, it's, it's important everywhere, but we can get more resourcefulness being in the desert because we don't have water we don't have as much access to say trees or fuel for for making fires uh next thing we're gonna talk about is longevity you know the deserts stuff can last a long time stuff might not rust because you're not getting a lot of rain a lot of dampness just you know the breakdown of the molds growing on your socks in hawaii after <laughs> a couple months as a person i met at the grand canyon told me about um, the longevity, we think of some of the saguaro cactuses, they're not even, some of them aren't even considered mature until they're 125 years old. You know, a lot of things that can look quite small and like, oh, wow, that's tiny. It must not be very old. Some of the saguaros are like 300 years old and have been out there because they're that big, but stuff is on a different time. You're on desert time, you know, things ebb and flow, but what's out there can last can stand up to the test of time you know we think of some of the arches down in moab or uh, across the southwest some of the the petroglyphs and pictographs those have been there for a long time and it's the arid conditions of the deserts that have helped preserve them there's not a lot of moisture not a lot of freeze thaw erosion happening they're just able to be there and preserved so i can go for a hike and see some i can go for a trail run and do some scrambling and uh just come across 
signs of ancient peoples living here, of ancestors living here, bringing rocks up to provide shelter, to build caves, to have fires up there. You know, it's it's that longevity that desert preserves things. So we have a record of what's there. I know being on the West Coast, there is some stuff that's lasted, but other stuff, it's gone. The tide has carried it away. The rains, the rains, the moisture, you know, think of the deck that my dad built is disintegrating after, you know, 10 or 20 years. Whereas there's stuff out here thousands of years old. So that's part of the draw for me is to have that connection with the past as well as looking forward to the future. And I think too, that that past connection, that future, that rawness, that harshness, that inspires me at least to look within more and to see and seek meaning in the landscape itself and seeking that connection with that beautiful orange red sand in Sedona, you know, in crawling through the New Mexico desert in the middle of the night at an ultra marathon, uh, in pulling saguaro spines out of my ankle. Um, you know, that it, those are challenging experiences, but they also bring stuff up that I would not have had brought up had I stayed on the coast, had I chosen to explore more similar for similar things to where I live or what I know, this is a totally different environment, but it's one that draws me and just, just always felt like home. So, you know, wanted to share a bit about that. The desert happens to call me and I'm wondering all the listeners out there in Listerland, does it call you too? You know, what I think there's a, a big and important thread of whatever we're drawn to, whatever feels good, why not pursue that? You know, if you're, you're somewhere you might not, you know, Hey, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I've always wanted to see see the Rocky Mountains in Canada, um, see the Alps in Switzerland, uh, go swim with a shark in South Africa, whatever it might be. You know, I think there's a thread and there's a lot to be said for going after that and making it happen. Um, you know, we can all create a reality. We can make things happen. Positive thoughts help out. Visualization helps out. Imagining what it's going to be like. You know, I'm recording this looking out on the high desert and it's cold. <laughs> And it's windy. I'm going to go back out and at least get some vitamin D, you know, get some sunshine on my face, uh, maybe expose some more skin. And it's, it's crazy me thinking of all this stuff. This was an idea in the middle of the summer. Oh, hey, it'd be neat to do that. And then to have a conversation that sparked an interest that got me to where I was in October and then November and then end of November, as I'm recording this, looking outside at the blue sky, at the snow-capped mountains, at the open desert, the high desert, and thinking, wow, this was an idea. And now here I am in that idea. That's really cool to get out of my truck and show up where I was, where I met so many cool people. That was an idea. And I didn't have a lot of expectation other than I'm going to get there and we'll see what happens. And so many magical things have happened. So many cool people I've met. Uh, if you listened, <laughs> I'll tie back in to episode 111 with Megan. That was a synchronistic connection at that place that was an idea a while ago. Um, that led to another synchronistic connection that helped me out finding out getting a new uh, run vest. So thanks, Nathaniel. Um, a lot of stuff has just happened magically. I've, I've met cool people who've lent me stuff for my ultra marathon. I've met cool people that I've had, I've had adventures with. And I've had cool people tell me places to go and see that I was then able to go and be an informal tool guide for friends of mine that randomly 
connected with me, synchronistically connected with me. So it's this flow state. So that's that. Like whatever, whatever it is you're thinking of, whatever is maybe a dream, maybe a one day, I'm just going to pose the question, what if there's a way you could do that now? You know, uh, I just saw, I grew up skiing and ski racing and we used to go see Warren Miller every year. I believe he's passed away. I think he passed away. Uh, the company's still going, but at the end of every movie, he'd always say, you know, just think about it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you don't do it this year, you'll be one year older when you do. And that quote really helped me go on after two years of stuff. And uh, here I am now looking at stuff going, hey, if I don't do it this year, I'll be one year older when I do. Took a chance at a 100-mile race. Didn't, didn't go how it could have gone. But I got about 10 years of experience in that one race. And that was good. And here I am now looking out, looking at the sun at the south, going, hey, there's some other stuff that's been on my ideas or my to-dos or my dreams for a while. What if I just do it this year? If not, I'll be one year older when I do. So maybe that's something for you. Maybe you're going to go and take that trip. Maybe you're going to go and ask out uh, that person you're attracted to. Maybe you're going to go and, I don't know, buy a house, have a baby, uh, change your jobs, leave what's not working, step into that unknown and that discomfort of unknown and take a chance because a lot of times you take a chance, hey, you'll never know if you didn't do it. You'll never know if you never go. You miss a thousand percent of the chances you don't take. But what if that one you learn something from? What if you take a shot and you hit that home and it all comes true? It can all happen. But all right, that's all stuff that I've just uh, had come up for me uh, down here, here in the desert. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up. And I've been uh, pondering getting outside for my daily run. And uh, the sun is shining now, so I'm going to warm up pretty fast. And yeah, hope you all have a wonderful day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We are approaching, uh, approaching December, approaching Christmas time. So uh, I hope uh, you have a magical day and I hope that uh, you find something in nature today, something outdoors today that uh, puts a smile on your face, whether it's watching some birds circle, whether it's watching your dog play, uh, whether it's just seeing something you hadn't seen before, seeing the sparkle of the ice melting, um, seeing the reflections on the snow, seeing the stars light up the night sky, whatever it is, hope you connect with nature and uh, opt outside today. And thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, friends. It is always fun for me to record these, and I do hope you get a lot out of them. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your hairdresser, the guy at the restaurant, uh, wherever you're going. I do my best to research these and give a lot of good information. And there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from hearing the stories and also having that perspective shift that can come along with, with listening. As well, if you get a chance, I do encourage you. It really helps me out if you can leave a five-star review at the podcast platform you're listening to, as well as maybe even write something. So uh, 
yeah, if you get a chance, please do that. I prefer Apple Podcasts is how I list the things, but I know that uh, Stitcher's out there, Spotify's out there, Google Play or Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of them. So if you get a chance, please do drop a five-star rating and leave a review. That would be fantastic. And with that, have a wonderful day, friends. We will catch you on the next episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness.